Good morning. It is Kale and Company live right here on WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. We are delighted that you are spending part of your Thursday with us here on WKXL. And we are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at Delta Dental Covers Me. Com. And uh, very pleased to have uh, joining us on this uh, Thursday morning, Catherine Nevins. Uh, good morning to you, Catherine. Good morning. And Catherine is one of the founding members of Main Street Warner, Inc. And uh, Saturday is going to be another wonderful day in, in Warner. We'll tell you about that. But uh, Catherine, first of all, tell us a little bit about uh, Main Street Warner, Inc. Sure, yes. So, uh, Main Street Warner Inc. is a nonprofit that was founded in uh, uh, 2000. Yeah, we're we're on we're coming up to 23 years here. Founded in 2000, and it was founded by myself and my brother Jim Mitchell and my husband Neil Nevins, and the three of us. And um, so Main Street Warner has, over time, uh, created the park in Warner called the Jim Mitchell Community Park. Um, it surrounds the um, Main Street Bookends Bookstore. It's right next to the Pillsbury Free Library, right right on Main Street there. And it is a community park that is always open to everyone. It opened in 2010 with sort of a terraced area. And then in 2016, uh, there's now an amphitheater and the Main Street Warner stage behind um, in a terraced amphitheater area in the back. And then um, just in 2020, we opened up the third part of the park, which we call the Children's Park. And it's um, a place for children to play and um, growing vegetables out there right now and all kinds of fun things. So it's a community park right in the center of, of Warner. And we have been um, programming music events there for a number of years. And the music, the events are always free to the public, and we rely on donors, and we rely on donations from the people that come through um, for the events. And this summer has been, we're, you know, we've been um, able to put on a whole lot of programs this summer, and it's all kind of been leading up to a big one that's this Saturday, um, which they're calling Summer Jam. And it's going to be Saturday from 2 to 9 in the, in the Jim Mitchell Community Park. Well, uh, you mentioned Jim, and uh, boy, he he was uh, a driving force behind uh, behind Warner for uh, any uh, number of years, and uh, uh, and and I also uh, uh, you know uh, know that uh, the the incomparable Peter St. James, as I call him, uh, is also a great ambassador for Warner, which I think is is one of the the real I I have to say hidden gems. Uh, in in New Hampshire, I really do. I I've seen uh, a couple of musical uh, you know uh, concerts there, and uh, it, you know it, it's great to spend a night out on 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 that uh, on that on that grass and and see some great musical acts and people will have the opportunity to do that uh, starting at uh, two o'clock uh, on Saturday afternoon. And uh, uh, Peter and I did uh, a show, a radio show at one time. From the the telephone museum, right. Uh, that's it, just one block away. That's it, a very fun place. Exactly, and and Jim uh, joined us uh, that day. 
on, on the radio, and I'll, always will uh, remember that. And uh, uh, Jim, with uh, with bookends uh, and, uh, and and the rest of the things that he did for that community, will will never ever um, be forgotten. And uh, that, that's something to be very very proud of. So uh, let let's talk about uh, Saturday a little bit more. The music will start at two o'clock. Uh, yeah. In the afternoon, and uh, you, you have a, a great lineup uh, of artists who are, are going to play. We do have a great lineup. I'm going to tell you um, there are lots and lots of people performing. I don't know exactly the times for different for the different groups, but I know that there's there's a, a terraced area where there'll be some performances going on. There's also the the um, the stage, the main stage, where the performances will be going on. So it's kind of a constant coming and going all day. Uh, there is. Uncle Johnny's Band, which is a tribute to the classic and contemporary jam rock bands. Um, there is uh, Lucas Gallo, um, writing performing music in New England region for 20 years. There is Pointless Culture, uh, al- uh, alternative indie rock punk goodness, they call themselves. <laughs> um, Taylor Marie Band. This is a young woman uh, from right around here. And there's Corridor Management Plan, Rock, Indie, Alternative, Americana, Music from Central Coastal New, ha- New Hampshire. A lot of local local folks involved in that group. Um, Cedar Mountain Bluegrass Band, Americana, Contemporary, Traditional Bluegrass. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot going on. <laughs> there's a lot of uh, different groups coming and going. Yeah, no doubt about that. It'll be a yeah. ter- terrific day of music and a uh, beautiful uh, setting uh, in, in Warner. Now, now talk about uh, the lodge. I, I was oh. told that's a project that uh, you're, you're working on in Warner. Right, sure. So Main Street Warner um, in 2020, right in the middle of the height of COVID, um, had the opportunity to purchase a building in town, which was the former Masonic, Harris Masonic Lodge. It's an interesting building because it's right smack in the center of town on an island um, next to the bank, next to the town hall, uh, just in front of the school. It's right in the center of town. And it's a building that so many of us had never really known about or seen because it's it, it was it belonged to the Masons and it was a building that we had never really encountered. So the Masons um, were selling the building and through a series of pretty amazing circumstances, Main Street Warner was able to purchase it from them um, with with their with their blessing, which was really wonderful because they wanted the building to continue to be used for um, for the town of Warner, for the for the betterment of the town, and for um, helping the town in various ways, which is how the Masons had always functioned there. Um, so yes, so the building uh, was purchased, and it needs a great deal of work. It doesn't have any heating. It doesn't have any any plumbing. Um, but we've had a we've just started uh, the last month and a half. We've had a wonderful crew of people in there that have started um, basically um, a demolition project to be able to... There are two buildings. They don't look like they're two buildings, but they're actually two buildings there. It was built in the 1840s as a Baptist church, so it's a beautiful, beautiful church building. And then there's a, um, a community room that was attached on later on during the... later on 
So these two buildings need to be combined. And we've had um, some wonderful carpenters, Jason Paul and um, Taylor Blatchley and some others in there, and uh, along with um, Alan Brown, who's our new select board member in Warner. He's been in there helping. And we've been doing, they have been doing, um, removing a lot of the... um, the old walls that were put up by the Masons and trying to restore the uh, the church part, which will become an indoor performance area for Main Street Warner Inc. So we can so their performances that now have to happen only outside can move inside, and um, it will. So we're looking very much looking forward to what this building can um, can bring to the town in terms of services and in terms of performances and in terms of the relationship that we can um, foster with Simon's Elementary, which is right behind us, making it a place for the children to be able to come in, um, perhaps take cooking classes, music classes, um, have a performance area. So we're very, very, (laughs) very, very excited about what this building can be um, for the town and how it will uh, change over time with what the town needs. But right now we're working on, um, you know, a major restoration of that building. That that is terrific, and uh, and I, I, you know, it's a great great project and uh, something that is that is needed in in that town, and uh, that that is just a, a great uh, a great will be a great venue for so many things as you uh, just outlined. So some of the proceeds from Saturday will go towards that, correct? Uh, most likely, that will go toward, toward helping the musicians. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. No, we'll, there'll be there are all kinds of major fundraising efforts to um, to work on the building. The the um, the donations that um, that come in on Saturday will be to to fund the musicians that are. Very good. Very good, because they certainly deserve it. No, they no. certainly do. No, no, they they, they <laughs> certainly do. They, they work hard. So is the, the telephone museum still uh, going strong? They are going strong, I should say. They've got all kinds of programs that I, I see coming up, and um, they're, doing, they're, they're doing great work. Yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful downtown. We've, we've worked um, hard over the years to maintain the downtown of Warner, and there's a lot going on down there. There's a lot of there are restaurants and uh, shops, and um, of course, I'm part of the bookstore, so um, mm-hmm. there's a lot, a lot going on down there. You know, there is, and it's it's so quaint. I mean, it really is. It, it's, it's just a, a fabulous throwback, really, and uh, of course, you've got the, uh, the Warner Fall Foliage Festival coming up soon. Well, that's the other thing, is I wanted to um, let you know that after Saturday, there are some more performances that are coming up um, down the road in the park. Um, on Thursday, September 14th, it will be Click Horning and Colin Nevins together. They'll be performing, uh, that's Thursday, September 14th. On Friday, September 22nd, we have the, Sun- the Sunny Hunt Project. Yeah. And a wonderful young man coming back um, to perform. And then um, on September 28th, on a Thursday, we have a group called Category 3. Ah. This is actually um, three musicians who have been playing together since the 70s. Wow. Sal and Ted Blatchley, um, along with uh, Jim um, Bartholomew. And uh, so that'll be on September 28th, on Thursday. 
And Catherine, we, hold on. I just want to. Uh, okay. I, I don't. I don't want to rush you. So can you can you hold on for a couple of, of minutes course, and and of we course. can talk a little bit more about uh, that, uh, the upcoming uh, musical events and uh, and about the fall foliage festival as well. Perfect, yes. All right. Uh, we'll talk more uh, about Warner with uh, Catherine Nevins, who is uh, one of the founding members of Main Street Warner, Inc., and a uh, big uh, music uh, summer jam coming up uh, this Saturday starting at uh, 2 o'clock. We'll take a break and be right back. Hale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. We'll be right back. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Joining us is uh, Catherine Nevins, and Catherine, one of the founding members of Main Street Warner, Inc., founded way back in the year uh, 2000, and they've done such great work uh, since that time. And, uh, Catherine, you were uh, telling us uh, just before the break about some of the great musical acts that are, are coming uh, throughout September uh, to Warner. Could you just uh, go over those again? Because I, 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 maybe some people missed them. Sure, sure. So um, after we have um, this Saturday, which is the, the, the big festival, we have um, on Thursday, September 14th, we have Click, Click Horning with Colin Nevins. They will be performing in the park. And then on September 22nd, a Friday, we have the Senny Hunt Project. And then on Thursday, September 28th, um, a group called Category 3, which is a, a, a trio that have been playing together since the 1970s, and they're pretty fabulous. And I do want to let everybody, remind everybody about the Warner Fall Foliage Festival, which is the big event that happens in Warner. And um, Main Street Warner Stage is the main stage for all the music that happens during that wonderful weekend in October, and um, we, uh, we're, we're very proud at Main Street Bookends because it's our 25th anniversary. We opened up 25 years ago during the festival, so we're going to be celebrating over there as well, and we just encourage everybody to come, come to Warner. Um, actually, the lodge that I was talking about earlier will be open to the public for the first time for people to be able to come in ah. and actually see what's going on inside. There are gorgeous, gorgeous stained glass windows. There's a gorgeous organ. It's a beautiful building, and we want people to come in and see how gorgeous it is. And it will be open for the very first time to the public during the Warner Fall Foliage Festival. Exactly, very first time. Which is very uh, appropriate. What are the dates of the the festival this year? Oh, good question. Let me get the calendar here. It is that first weekend, so it's October. It is October... Um, <laughs> well, sorry. first weekend it's, of October, right? Yeah, it's okay. going to be October 6, 7, and 8. There we go, 6, Very 7, good. and 8. 6, 7, and 8, it's always uh, great foliage, which, uh, oh, you know. yeah. And, and also, uh, as you mentioned, some uh, great music as well, and uh, lots of uh, wonderful food, too. You will, yes. you will not go hungry. No, it's a warm- wonderful festival. There's a big parade on Sunday. It's always a very, very fun weekend. Yeah, no, it, it really is in, in such a, a beautiful setting uh, in downtown Warner, one of the uh, one of the great towns, I think, uh, in, in the state of New Hampshire. And, uh, you know, I may not have happened upon Warner myself had it not been 
uh, for Peter St. James. So he he yeah. he, he yeah. is he has uh, put uh, in in essence uh, for a lot of people has put Warner on the map. He's uh, our ambassador. Oh, yes, indeed. Oh, we we all love Peter. Uh, yeah, we have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we do. We do. <laughs> we all know Peter, that's for sure. But uh, at any rate, it's it's a terrific city. And anything else you'd like to tell us about, Catherine, that, that's happening in, in Warner? Oh, well, I just would encourage everyone to come. It's, uh, it's, it's a great town, and um, the Jim Mitchell Community Park is always open to the public, always there for you to come and have a picnic or, or hang out. And... Um, We'd love for you to come and explore and see all the all the things. And you know, my brother would always end by saying, "Something wonderful is happening in Warner." Yeah, it's very true. And and congratulations uh, to you on uh, twenty five years of Main Street Bookends, a wonderful bookstore uh, in downtown Warner. And uh, you know, Jim. Uh, of course, it was Jim Mitchell who uh, who founded that uh, twenty five years ago. And uh, his memory will uh, live on forever in Warner, that's for sure. Thank you. It's nice. It's so nice to be able to talk with you. I appreciate you reaching out to us and wanting to know what we're doing in Warner. Well, it's it's a great town. It, it really is, and people should uh, should know more about it because it's very close by. It doesn't take very long to get there, folks, from the Concord no. area, no, especially. No, no. And, uh, you know, if you... If you uh, uh, Miss Warner, you're you're missing uh, one of the great, I think, uh, you know, small towns here uh, in New Hampshire. Very, very quaint, and uh, and lots of things happening. It's a it's a very active town. It is with it some sure is. with some great music, and the musical uh, venue is terrific. And uh, people can bring their blankets and their lawn chairs and uh, and and enjoy just uh, some some great music on on many nights and and days uh, yeah. in in Warner. Uh, yeah. Ka- Catherine, I want to thank you. Uh, and uh, you, you came on at uh, at short notice, and I appreciate that. And uh, we wish you the best for for this uh, this Saturday because it's going to be uh, just a terrific day. Uh, say th- your slogan again is. <laughs> Well, Jim always said something wonderful is happening in Warner, that, uh, and uh, that is the case. And um, the schedule, the whole schedule can be found um, at MainStreetWarnerInc.org online, so you can get the whole schedule there. And I just thank you so much for uh, reaching out to us and letting us tell you something about Warner. Absolutely. Catherine, thanks so much. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Take care. That's uh, Catherine Nevins, one of the uh, founding members of Main Street Warner, Inc., and I mean it. Uh, If you have not visited Warner uh, ever, uh, you owe it to yourself. If you haven't visited in a long time, uh, get on back there. This weekend would be a good opportunity to do it with uh, lots of things happening on Saturday with the music starting at at 2 o'clock. So thanks to uh, Catherine for joining us. And I'll tell you what, Saturday... Man, there are so many things going on. Told you about Warner, and uh, yesterday uh, on this show, we we mentioned uh, in Pittsfield, a a Pittsfield Players fundraising event, Curtain Up, uh, an evening of music, and uh, that's going to be at the Scenic Theater beginning at at, uh, 8 o'clock on uh, Saturday. It's a ticketed event, folks, and uh, they put in a new uh, HVAC system in uh, the theater, which was desperately needed. Kat, you would agree with that? 
Oh, yes. It's much cooler in there now. <laughs> so so there you go. And that's going to be an evening of uh, great music starting at 8 o'clock. So, you know, you can spend part of your day in, in Warner on Saturday and then uh, take a drive over to Pittsfield and uh, enjoy some, some great music all day and, uh, and all night. So lots of things going on. Uh, in New Hampshire, and uh, WKXL is proud to be one of the sponsors of the event on Saturday night in Pittsfield, and that's going to be uh, a terrific time. And it starts at uh, at eight o'clock. And if you have not seen the Scenic Theater uh, recently, uh, it's a wonderful spot. I, I saw Jekyll and Hyde there, a wonderful production of uh, Jekyll and Hyde at the Scenic Theater. So enjoy. Curtain up on uh, Saturday night. Well, in a totally unrelated note, the uh, Belmont Stakes, third jewel of horse racing's Triple Crown, could be relocated to uh, the Saratoga race course in upstate New York as soon as next year, an earlier-than-anticipated move for the third leg of horse racing's Triple Crown. The New York Racing Association's hope is to hold the Belmont at historic Saratoga in 2024 and 2025. Why? Uh, because uh, they uh, are going to do a great renovation of Belmont Park, which could certainly use it. A $455 million renovation of Belmont Park in Elmont, New York, and uh, subject to the approval of uh, an oversight board in the New York State Gaming Commission, the Belmont will be moving to Saratoga for a couple of years uh, 24, uh, 2024 and uh, 2025. Final decision on that is going to be expected within the coming months. Hey, coming up, we will uh, check in with Eric Rinston Lobel from the Concord Monitor. He'll be uh, joining us right after this break. Hey, picked up the monitor this morning and uh, saw Ray Duckler's piece. Sorry to see it. That uh, the uh, New Hampshire Pizza Company on Main Street in downtown Concord is closing its doors after two and a half years. Highly unfortunate because it was a, a terrific place to have a uh, pizza downtown, eat outside on nice nights, and uh, Concord will be losing the uh, New Hampshire uh, Pizza Company, which is uh, closing up shop after a uh, brief run. Also notice that the, uh, the smoothie place on Pleasant Street in Concord has also uh, closed its doors. We'll take a break. Kale and Company will continue right after these words on WKXL NHTalkRadio.com presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Stand by for more. Welcome back. It's Kale and Company live here on WKXL NHTalkRadio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental and returning to uh, Kale and Company after a uh, hiatus is uh, Eric Rinston Lobel of the uh, Concord Monitor. Eric, good morning to you. Morning, Ken. Great to have you back. And uh, Eric, you, you had quite a summer. I mean, you uh, broke away from sports a little bit, did some uh, general reporting this summer covering uh, some presidential hopefuls and, and other stories uh, in the area. Uh, how'd you enjoy that? It was good. It was uh, a little bit different than covering high school sports, which I've become accustomed to, but uh, it was good to get a taste for a little 
little bit of the New Hampshire primary and uh, also learn a little bit more about some of the things going on in the city of Concord. And, of course, uh, you know, summertime is uh, kind of a slow period for uh, local sports uh, anyway. So you, you were you were doing that and uh, and had an opportunity to be on the campaign trail for a little while. Uh, but now as uh, things are picking up uh, sports sports wise, will you be doing uh, any more general reporting or back to strictly sports? Um, it's going to be mostly sports, but uh, I'm hoping to still be able to do some of the stuff I was able to do over the summer when time allows. Well, good. And uh, we're, we're happy to hear that. And uh, you're just a, just a very versatile guy. That's, that's what it comes down to, right? So, uh, yeah, yeah no, no doubt about that. And uh, you recently had a story about some of the issues that uh, uh, are being experienced and have been for a while at uh, Memorial Field in, in Concord. And uh, th- those issues are, are many. Uh, tell us a little bit about some of the uh, issues that we're facing there. So uh, the biggest, the most obvious issues when you go to Memorial Field, especially after it rains, is the drainage there is not great, uh, to say the least. If you go to a Friday night football game, you'll notice the lighting on the field where they play the football games is is pretty poor. Um, But the story that I did, uh, I guess, about a month ago, a couple weeks ago now, was about the bleachers that overlook the football field. Um, For those, I'm, I'm sure Ken, you know well, and people that have been to Memorial Field know they're made of wood. Bleachers today are not made of wood. They're made out of aluminum usually. These bleachers were built uh, upwards of 50 plus years ago. And, you know, with the city and Concord School District currently starting a project that would first look at what a renovation of the space would look like, um, I kind of dug into specifically the bleachers and, and what the city currently does to make sure they're still safe because uh, they are very old. Well, there's there's no doubt about that. And as you mentioned, uh, over 50 years and being out in the, the rain and the snow and the wind uh, uncovered now for more than 50 years, something has to be done. So what, what steps uh, are being taken? So the the first thing I think that's important to note is that the, the wood planks that make up the bleachers are replaced roughly every 10 years. Um, but the challenge that the city's facing right now is that the, the, the current wood is kind of running up against the time when it would need to be replaced. So they're going to have to make a decision relatively soon. Do they start replacing the wood again or do they wait and just wait for a new structure to be built? But um, currently what my understanding of of what the city does is some folks from the Department of Parks and Recreation who are at Memorial Field doing other maintenance stuff pretty regularly will uh, occasionally just walk up and down the bleachers, make sure there's no weak spots in the wood. If they come across anything that is a little bit weaker, they'll reinforce it underneath with uh, wood blocks and bolt that in underneath. Uh, if there are individual planks that are particularly in bad shape, they will replace those. Um, so that's kind of the extent of what they do. Uh, I talked in that story to the Concord School District Superintendent Kathleen Murphy, and she had said that, you know, although currently the Concord School District does not own Memorial Field because they are the biggest users, and if they notice any, any issues, they will definitely bring it to the attention of 
David Gill, the Parks and Recreation Director. But, uh, you know, obviously some, something has to be done. I mean, it's been, you know, patchwork for uh, a number of years. The, the planks are, are replaced, as you said, about every 10 years. But, uh, you know, so, something has got to be done. And you, you see, you know, other facilities uh, around, around the state. Uh, most of the high school football fields now for sure have uh, aluminum bleachers. Uh, but some, something has got to be done. The other issue, as you mentioned, is is drainage. Uh, anything that's being done about that? I think all of this stuff is being discussed as the, as the city and school district partner up on this study that they had commissioned a couple months ago. Uh, basically, for those that aren't aware, the study is kind of the first step in what would be this process of renovating the facility. So first you'd get the study done, and I guess then they would kind of debate what is published there, and then they would go through the process of starting to, uh, the city council at least would, would go through the process of voting on allocating money for the various projects that would need to be done. Yeah, and, you know, it is uh, it is used so much. I mean, uh, Memorial Field, and that has been the case, uh, you know, over the years, uh, Doan Field, the baseball uh, facility, and the, the football field, and the softball fields and the tennis courts. And, uh, you know, it is one of the most used uh, public facilities here in the city of Concord, if not the most used public facility. So uh, something something has to be done to, to take care of these issues. But at any rate, uh, I don't know about you, uh, Eric, but I have the date of uh, Wednesday, December 13th circled on my calendar because that will be the start of the uh, Concord High School hockey season, uh, once again, December the 13th. But in the meantime, uh, we have field hockey, and uh, Bishop Brady, Bo, uh, Merrimack Valley, and Concord all off to pretty good starts. Yeah, we. Uh, I, I covered first game I covered of the fall season last Monday was uh, Concord field hockey season opener. Uh, Tide actually lost that game in overtime to Wyndham, but uh, they bounced back to uh, beat Manchester Memorial on Saturday. The interesting story with Concord Field Hockey is that its goalie, uh, Deco Hussein, who's a freshman, had never played goalie until about two weeks before the season began. Concord's goalie graduated last year, and they didn't have anybody uh, to play. And so a couple days into the season, uh, Deco volunteered to put on the pads, and uh, that's what she's been doing for them. So it should be an interesting year for Concord. They lost a few uh, key players from last year, but um, their head coach, uh, Nicole Armaganian, was pleased with the effort in the season opener, even though they lost. Uh, the other teams you mentioned, uh, John Stark, uh, they have a they're defending champions. Uh, they were dominant last year. They started out this year similarly with a 4 nothing win to open the season. Then they beat uh, Gosstown yesterday, one nothing. They have a, a game with Bo in Bo tomorrow that I'll be at, which should be an interesting game. Bo is off to a 3-1 and start yep. uh, with, under new head coach Sarah Vaughn. So, uh, yeah, the field hockey is uh, off to a good start in the area. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. And... Uh... In uh, girls' soccer, uh, Bo two and O, Merrimack Valley three and O in uh, in soccer, and uh, boys' soccer, Bo is off to a, a great start. 
at three and zero, outscoring uh, their opponents eleven to three. So uh, right now things are uh, looking pretty good with Bow Athletics, which tends to be the case, as you know well. Um, but yeah, Bow, Bow, both of their soccer teams are interesting stories right now because uh, on the boys' side, their new head coach Josh Smith is replacing George Pinkham, who had been the only boys yeah. soccer coach at Bow since the school opened in 1997. Uh, so this is the first time that um, that that Bo has had a new coach, and and as you as you alluded to, three three and zero start. So uh, it's been a good start to the coaching tenure, both for Josh Smith. Uh, they'll play host to Laconia tomorrow. And then on the girls' side, uh, they don't have a new head coach. Jay Vogt's been there for quite a while. Um, but Bo lost, in particular, two very talented players, uh, Bella and Lindsay LaPearl. Uh, both are playing uh, collegiate soccer now. And the advantage that the, those, the Twins gave the Falcons last year and previous years was their elite speed which Bo doesn't really have as much of anymore, so they've had to kind of find different ways to win, and that's one of the reasons why they've played some tighter games early on. Well, we know we can depend on you for great local sports coverage. Eric Rinston-Lobel, can you hang with us for a couple of minutes? I can do that. We will take a quick break. Eric will uh, join us uh, after the break, and we'll, we'll talk more, maybe uh, touch on football a little bit after the break right here on WKXL nhtalkradio.com it's kale and company live and we are presented by northeast delta dental we'll be right back welcome back kale and company live here on wkxl nhtalkradio.com presented by northeast delta dental we're chatting with eric rinston lobel of the concord monitor uh, what are you working on, Eric? Anything uh, coming out Sunday that we should know about? Um, yes, I'm not sure if it's going to be Sunday, but I'm hoping some point this weekend um, I'm working on a story about uh, this guy, Patrick Bernard. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the name, but uh, he runs a youth soccer organization for at-risk uh, youth, a lot of uh, whom are refugees. Um, and he's put together this really nice program to provide opportunities for these kids to play uh, travel soccer in a way that's much more affordable than a lot of other uh, travel soccer leagues are. Wow, that is terrific. So we'll look forward to uh, reading that sometime uh, over the weekend in the in the Concord Monitor. And uh, we mentioned that we'd uh, touch, touch foot on football a little bit. And uh, the Crimson Tide of Concord got off to a, a tough start last week at Londonderry. Yeah, it certainly wasn't great, especially for uh, a program that maybe built some momentum coming off of last year, winning uh, five games, six games overall, five against New Hampshire opponents, finishing there five and four after winning three games the previous year and zero games the year before that. So uh, Friday was a bit of a disappointment, losing by 27 points, 41 to 14, but uh, something that Concord's head coach Jim Corkum said to me after the game was that in the three years he's been the head coach at Concord, uh, the Londonderry team they faced Friday was the most physical team that he's seen his guys have to go up against. So there is that caveat, and he was pleased with the effort of his players and how they didn't 
just roll over. They did score a later touchdown in that game to make the score a little bit less ugly. Uh, but I, I think the biggest thing that stood out to me from that game was Concord's offensive line. Uh, Londonderry is a big team. They're very physical, and Concord's line did not protect very well. The Tide have a new quarterback this year, Colby Nyhan, and uh, he seemed to be running for his life almost every time he tried to throw a pass. And Concord's best player, Ellie Bohuma, their running back, uh, was held to just 53 yards on 20 carries. So if Concord's going to have a, a good season this year, uh, Bohuma's going to be a big reason why, and, and that was one of the reasons why the Tide struggled offensively on Friday. Sounds similar to a, a pro football team I, I, I know of in the area. The Patriots are having some offensive line issues uh, as well. Uh, as as you mentioned, uh, the, the Crimson Tide uh, struggled in that area uh, last week against uh, Londonderry. What's, what's up next for the Tide? Uh, so they're playing this week in Vermont against Rutland. So that's not a... That's not an NHIAA game, so that won't factor into the standings. But probably a good opportunity just for them to play a game that doesn't, I mean, obviously they want to win it, but if they lose, it doesn't impact the standings at all. So a chance to maybe iron out some of the kinks from Friday's game before their home opener, uh, a week, uh, two weeks, uh, excuse me, next, a week from today, uh, hosting Salem. So uh, that's what uh, Conker's got coming up. And it is a, a week from today, uh, Thursday, and uh, there are uh, many games have been shifted. Football games have been shifted to uh, Thursdays uh, this year in all the divisions because of lack of officials. Yep, and I think the first time I came on your show in January, we were yeah. talking about this. I had done the story about the uh, referee shortage, and and this is this is a result of that. You can't have... You know, either you get one of two things. You either get games spread out across Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or you'll have, instead of all the games kicking off at, you know, 1 o'clock on a Saturday, one starts at noon, one starts at 3. They're all scattered, so the referees have time to get from game to game. So there, there is definitely a, a, a shortage, not, not only in, in football. I think it's probably most glaring in football, but uh, in, in all sports, there is a, uh, a lack of officials uh, at, at the present time. So if anybody uh, is, is interested, you might want to get in touch with the NHIAA. Is there any, uh, any positive football news around here, Eric, in terms of the, the teams in our local area? There certainly wasn't much from this past weekend. <laughs> the, 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 the big winner was definitely John Stark uh, over in Division Two. Uh, they were down. Generals were down twenty-seven to six in the third quarter of that game. Rallied back to win thirty to twenty-seven. And uh, this is for head coach Ray Kershaw. It's his third year leading the program. Uh, John Stark finished like a game or two under five hundred last year. They just missed out on making the playoffs. They do not have a very deep roster, but the guys that are on their team have been there since Kershaw took over a few years back. So now they're finally getting to that point where they've got more experience, they're more confident out there, and uh, that, sh- that, sh- that kind of came to fruition, uh, resulting in a win on Saturday. Um, but obviously only one game, so still a long way to go. But among all of the area teams, uh, they were the only one that won. So uh, John Stark off to a good start. 
And any uh, hope of optimism for some of the other teams uh, in, in the local area, football-wise? Well, I mean, uh, Guilford Belmont in Division Two was the champions last year. Yep. Um, so they... Uh, they lost fourteen to seven. I know they're they're replacing a lot of talent, also. So, but they have a, a tradition of being pretty solid. Um, Bo also historically generally pretty good. They also are replacing a lot of players. I think they lost fifteen seniors from last year's team. So um, they they got off to a, a rocky start with a twenty eight to fourteen loss against Sanborn. Um, so those are probably the two that I would say are most likely to turn things around but uh as dan atori and i were talking about on our podcast the other day it seems like football is really wide open this year there you know the, there's lots of teams that have experienced quite a bit of turnover on their roster from last year so it seems like things are going to be really wide open which uh, only makes it more exciting to follow i guess right yeah, absolutely absolutely how, how can folks uh, access uh, your podcast with dan a uh, few ways. You can go on to concretemonitor.com under the sports uh, section. There's a link where you can either where you can listen on the website uh, or if you go into Apple Podcasts or Spotify and search Monitor Sports Podcast, uh, you can listen that way as well. Very good. Any other sports stories that uh, uh, that, that I've missed? Um, I think the only other one that might be worth paying attention to is uh, Concord Volleyball. The girls' volleyball team has a new head coach, uh, Maria Wimpy. Um, she just graduated from playing volleyball up at Plymouth State and is now taking over their program. They won their first uh, match with her at the helm last Friday, 3-2 to two over Bishop Girton. So uh, maybe a, a good season in store for Concord Volleyball as well. Very good. Well, Eric, as always, I appreciate your time, and we'll be uh, checking back in with you as the uh, seasons progress and uh, keep up the outstanding work at the Monitor, and uh, I'm sure we'll run into you in the uh, not-too-distant future. All right, Ken. Thanks so much for having me. All right, very good. Eric Rinston-Lobel from the uh, Concord Monitor, and uh, looking forward to his piece uh, this weekend about uh, Patrick Bernard and the uh, soccer program that uh, he has uh, put together. So that'll come out uh, sometime uh, this weekend. Thursday, September the 7th, what are we commemorating today? It is a Google Commemoration Day. Uh, it's also Grandma Moses Day. Grand Grandma Moses. Her real name, Anna Marie Robertson Moses was an American folk artist. She began painting in earnest at the age of 78. So, folks, it's never too late. Never too late. And is a prominent example of a newly successful art career at an advanced age. So we celebrate Grandma Moses today because she was born... On September 7th, 1860, in Greenwich, New York, and died December 13th, 1961, in Hoosick Falls, New York. So that means, folks, that Grandma Moses died at the age of 101.
So we celebrate Grandma Moses today. It's also National Acorn Squash Day. So for you acorn squash lovers, this is your day. Uh, National Beer Lovers Day. I'm sure we have a few of those in our audience. National Feel the Love Day. And it's also National Salami Day. On this Thursday, September the 7th. Now tomorrow, we of course will have the Friday Fun Bunch with... Northeast Delta Dental President and CEO Tom Raffio and our resident flick chick, Kitty Ray. Speaking of uh, Tom Raffio, congratulations to his wife, Ellen, who won the women's division of the Dare Race last night at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. So congratulations, Ellen Raffio, on crossing that finish line as the first woman. There you go on a very, very hot night in Loudoun and everywhere else for that matter. That'll do it for this edition of uh, Kale and Company Live here on WKXLNHtalkradio.com. We thank you for listening. Stay tuned for some uh, great programming coming right up a little after 9 o'clock. If you missed this show, want to hear it again? Tune in tonight a little after 7 on WKXLNHtalkradio.com presented by... Northeast Delta Dental. Have a great Thursday, everybody.